Amen. 1 Samuel chapter 30. Samuel chapter 30 beginning with verse 1 and it came to pass when David and his men were come to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag and smitten Ziklag and burned it with fire and had taken the women captives that were therein they slew not any either great or small but carried them away and went on their way the reason they did that, the reason why they didn't kill the women and children is because they were going to head to Egypt next, amen, because women and children were very valuable on the slave market, amen, so they were not going to harm any of them, but they were going to, amen, profit from their captivity, amen. So David and his men came to the city, and behold, it was burned with fire, and their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captives. Then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. And David's two wives were taken captives, Ahinoam the Jezreelitess and Abigail the wife of Nabal the Carmelite. And David was greatly distressed for the people spake of stoning him because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. And David said to Ab Abiathar the priest, Amalek's son, I pray thee, bring me hither the ephod. And Abiathar brought thither the ephod to David. And David inquired at the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, Pursue, for thou shalt surely overtake them, and without fail recover all. I want to preach to you this morning, Christmas and Ziklag. Christmas and Ziklag. Stay with me, amen, and bear with me, if you will. It's not going to be a traditional Christmas message, amen, but I want to talk about the spirit, amen, of Christmas and what, amen, we encounter and what our responsibilities are during this time, amen, and ultimately during our time as Christians here on earth, amen? Can you bear with me just a few minutes this morning? Amen. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we love you. We thank you, God, for your presence and what you have already done. We have felt the ministry of your spirit, the comfort, the peace, the love, oh God, that you provide through your presence. And we ask you today, God, to continue that, oh Lord Jesus, through your word, amen, and the remainder of this service, God, in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said in Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. Like everyone else, I'm on sinus meds, amen, and it's got me dry as a bone, <laughs> amen, praise the Lord. This time, amen, well, let, no, don't let me just say this time or in this season, but let me say in general that our lives as Christians and as apostolics, amen, we ought to be Christ-centric. Our lives should be centered around Jesus Christ, amen. No matter where we are in life, what we are going through, amen, what we encounter, Praise the Lord. Our lives should be centered with him. Can I get a Sunday morning amen? I just said something good. Our lives ought to be centered by Jesus Christ. Amen. And, you know, we hear the slogans this time of year, Jesus is the reason for the season, and, and, and that's true. Amen. That's what we ultimately are celebrating. But sometimes, get ready for it, we get wrapped up. See what I did there? Sometimes we get wrapped up 
in other things, amen, in the giving of gifts, praise the Lord. And, and really the spirit behind that ultimately is about Jesus Christ because we give gifts, in the, hopefully, in the spirit of the fact that God gave us the greatest gift ever, amen, and that is when he laid down his life for you and I, praise the Lord, and he gave us the gift of himself, amen, in flesh, praise the Lord, as a sacrifice for our sins. Can I get an amen for that? But it is a statistical fact that during this time of year, and our pastor is the head chaplain of St. Charles County, amen, and so he rides around and works with and talks with the police force, amen, in our community, and I'm sure that if I can't get an amen from anybody else, I'll get one from him, that this time of year, violence escalates, amen, and from, they say statistically, from November to January, amen, there will be an increase in domestic abuse and domestic violence, amen, theft will go up, violent crimes will go up, Drug abuse increases and therefore drug addiction, amen, on the other side of this season, amen, is more prevalent and, and strong, amen, in, the, in people's lives. I'm no psychoanalyst and you really don't want me analyzing you, amen, but they say that depression, praise the Lord, even increases during this time. We get caught up, amen, and we, uh, those of us, praise the Lord, that don't experience these things, sometimes we get caught up in our uh, our own little world and, and it's happy and we're talking about presence and being with family and things like that and sometimes we overlook those that are actually struggling and battling and, and it's, it really is a mental warfare and an emotional spiritual warfare during this season, amen. And stay with me, I'm not, going, I'm not getting down, I'm not going to be down on Christmas, amen, I love Christmas. But there are people that struggle and fight right now. There are folks, because we have a building right now full of human beings, there are folks that are sitting on a chair next to you right now that are struggling, amen. And maybe it's this time of year that, uh, you know, throughout the rest of the year, we're able to um, avoid family. <laughs> maybe that's what it is. And maybe in November we start seeing highlighted how just how dysfunctional our folks are, amen. Maybe that's it. I don't know. That's probably got something to do with it but there are folks that don't have much this time of year and so they they don't have a, a tree that is littered with gifts or the the lights or the decorations amen and they maybe it highlights for them what they don't have amen maybe they are unemployed during this time or they are struggling some folks have lost loved ones close to this holiday maybe just recently or maybe around this season every year they think about who's not sitting around the dinner table with them at this time and that's difficult and that's hard amen but if our life is centered by Christ amen we have that hope. Every song that we sang this morning talked about having him with us. It said, you are good, Lord, all the time. That means to me and that interprets to me whether I'm up or I'm down. You're good, Lord, all the time. Amen. I found a hope, a love, a savior. I was dead. 
and now I'm alive. That was the other song that we sang. The one that Sister Buford just finished, hallelujah. Every song was speaking to us specifically saying that no matter where we are or what we're going through, not just in the high times, not just when the smile is on our face, not just when we're on the mountaintop, but yea, when we walk through that valley, hallelujah, God is with us and he's on our side and he's for us and he's there, hallelujah. He has not left or abandoned. And David said, I've never seen the right is forsaken nor his seed begging for bread what does that mean not the guy that's perfect amen but that person that has God in the middle of their life hallelujah will not want a man and they will have what they need can I get an amen Paul said it like this he said if I hope in this world only amen I'm of all men the most miserable praise God this world praise the Lord and I I know maybe you don't want to hear this but this world is getting darker and darker and darker as we go I saw an advertisement recently for a movie that's coming out it's a teen geared movie listen to me this isn't even in my notes but I feel like it's it's relevant it's a teen driven movie about a young lady that's in in love with a young man amen that wakes up every day in a different body and they have to they are continuing their love story sometimes he wakes up and he is a, a, a different race sometimes he wakes up and he is a different gender hallelujah and there are scenes amen I just saw this in the advertisement I haven't seen the movie won't watch the movie but there are scenes in the advertisement of teenage Girls making out and teenage boys making out. There's a spirit in this world that is driving and pushing, hallelujah, and trying to influence, amen, our young people. And we have to be aware of it, praise the Lord. But in everything that is taking place, God is in the middle of our life. Can I get an amen? Paul said, if in this world only I have hope, amen, I am of most men of all men, most miserable, amen. He stood before King Agrippa, and I love the words that he uses in the King James Version, amen. I know that some versions interpret it to meaning, amen, that uh, uh, I think myself fortunate, but he said to King Agrippa, I think myself happy, hallelujah. Paul was standing before Agrippa with some serious accusations against him. You could say that Paul was in one of the lowest points of his life. He was in one of the most dangerous points in his life of losing his life. Amen. And he stood before Agrippa and he said, I'm thankful because I think myself happy. Hallelujah. What was he saying? Well, he went on to describe to Agrippa. Amen, that that he was talking about the law. And he said, Agrippa, you're an expert on all things of the law. And you know that I'm a Pharisee of Pharisees. And we've all heard Paul give his resume, amen. But he was talking to Agrippa. Let me just wrap up what Paul got to. He eventually explained to King Agrippa the promise, amen, that even the forefathers of the Old Testament, that they were reaching for but did not attain, amen. Paul was saying to Agrippa, I have that promise and we have experienced that promise today and King Agrippa you can have it too Agrippa's response was almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian but let me get to what I'm saying you and I we may have a happy place amen that we can go to when we're struggling and we're battling and we try to to, to think positive but Paul was not talking about the power of positive thinking in this moment he was not saying I go to my happy place he wasn't saying I'm somewhere right now on a bass boat or in a classroom or 
or, or whatever it may be that would have been Paul's happy place or your happy place. What he was saying was, no matter what I'm going through, I can fall back on the promise. No matter what I'm going through, I'm looking for a promise in heaven, amen, that one day these feet will tread on streets of gold and one day there will be no more pain and one day, one day there'll be no more crying. There'll be no more lying. There'll be no more tears. There'll be no more struggle. There'll be no more battle. There'll be no more pain, no sickness, no, no sorrow, no loss, hallelujah, no loneliness or depression or oppression. He was saying, I've got a promise, King Agrippa, and I'm going to tell you about it. It's the very promise that our forefathers were reaching for, hallelujah, that you and I, Lighthouse, here today have experienced, or if you haven't, you can. The promise is unto you and to your children and to your children's children, hallelujah. You can have the gift of the Holy Ghost, and if you've allowed it to lay dormant in you, I promise you today, if you will, hallelujah, shake yourself and you'll stir up that gift that is within you, there is not a downtime where you won't have joy. You may not have happiness, hallelujah, but you can have joy. There is not a downtime in your life that you can't say, though I may be sick, though I may be hurting, though I may feel lonely, one day I've got a promise that I'm going to walk with my Savior and I'm going to be hand in hand with my God. He's going to come down that day off of his throne. And I know, hallelujah, that we sing the song that, that he's going to take us by the hand and lead us there. But I sing it when I sing it. I say he's going to take me by the hand. I believe he loves me enough. Brother Wyatt said one day, he believes the Lord loves him more than anybody. I believe that when we get there, he's going to take me by the hand. He's going to give me a tour. He's going to make sure I'm comfortable. Hallelujah. Why? Because I've got God in my life right now. Amen. I think myself happy. It doesn't mean that I'm going to my happy place. It doesn't mean, hallelujah, that I'm the power of positive thinking. Amen. Let me read just a couple of scriptures to you, amen, of what Paul was, was talking about. Romans 14 says, For the kingdom is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace. And watch this. And joy in the Holy Ghost, hallelujah, that the trial, First Peter, of your faith being much more precious than of gold and that, and that perishes, of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom ye have not seen, you love, in whom, though now you see him not yet believing, you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. Galatians, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. Philippians said, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Can I tell you today, if you are struggling, if this season means pain and suffering for you, if this hour that we are in and you see the smiles and the joy and the jingle bells and the sleigh rides and the Santa Clauses, but that doesn't flip your lid, I'm here to tell you that there's peace in Jesus Christ. There's a peace that passes all understanding. If you're depressed and alone and hurting and sick and you're wondering why me, I don't know why you, but I do know if you can get him in the center of your life, if you can find him in the middle of your heart if you can get him in your thoughts and your plans and your intentions and your goals you can feel joy happiness is based on happenings but joy comes from the Lord 
You may not be happy today, but you can have joy in any hour of your life that you have Jesus. Can I get an amen? Let's clap our hands to him. Let me hurry along. Ziklag. Why did we say Christmas and Ziklag? Well, this isn't going to be the birth of Jesus story here. This is going to be along the lines of what I'm trying to minister to you specifically this morning. I want you to think about what took place, amen, in Ziklag. We uh, encounter, and what I'm talking about here this morning, we can, we can transpose this beyond Christmas, Brother Mark. I mean, we all have hours where we're down. We all have those moments that trigger struggle in our life. Amen? We all do, Pastor Buford. It's not just this season, but we all have a season in our life where we will trigger struggle. Maybe when we get sick or our health starts to fail us, that's something that we really struggle with. I have it so much here lately that it's just become... <laughs> My normal part of life. It's like getting up, making the bed. I get up, something hurts, amen. So, I, so I, I have come to that. But there was a time in my life about a decade ago where that was really a point of depression for me because I was used to winning. I was used to being, uh, you know, being able to compete with anybody. Now I, I, I reach for a, a can of corn and I might pull something. Amen. Amen. <laughs> I don't remember the last time it was that men's health and fitness called me for an interview, but, but I did recently get to represent overweight, undisciplined diabetics recently in an interview. Okay? That's life. That used to be a point with me that, re- that I really struggled with. You know, the enemy would whisper in my ear and say, you used to win. You used to be quick. You used to be, you used to be this. You used to be that. You had this, 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 this uh, potential. You had that potential. You had this promise in your life. You were always going to do this, that, or the other thing. And I would get down about it. But I found out this. No matter what I don't have on this, on this world and on this earth, amen, I've got Jesus Christ in my life. When my health fails, I've got the Lord. When my money is gone, I've got the Lord. When my family is dysfunctional I've got the comforter of the Holy Ghost in my life amen amen there are moments where they used to be triumph amen they used to be victory brother Mark but now sometimes they trigger amen a thought and a a process in our life amen that we weren't ready for that we didn't we we didn't know about amen and that's what happened in Ziklag here comes the army amen David and his men and it says three days go by can you imagine how they must have felt coming back triumphant from a battle amen having just come out of a war licking their wounds knocking off the dust maybe somebody was walking along and sharpening a sword or talking about what they were going to do when they got home amen they could not wait I remember one time the the longest I've ever been gone from my kids is seven days I remember at the end of that seven days I sat in the airport uh, amen food court praise God and I could not wait to get on the plane get in the air and get back on the ground I wanted to see my beautiful wife 
wife. I wanted to see my lovely children. Amen. And, and I just could not wait, praise God. Can you imagine what the soldiers of David felt as they were coming over the hill, expecting to hear the screams of Daddy, amen, and hear the footsteps as they ran, clamoring to them, and maybe seeing they were looking forward to seeing the tears of their beautiful, lovely wives as they were leaping with joy to see their husbands and their fathers back from battle, amen. Can you imagine what took place in their mind? Brother Buford, in a moment, in an hour that was supposed to be victory, it was supposed to be celebration, it was supposed to be joy, amen, but instead, as they crested that hill that day, they began to see the, the smoldering piles that was their village, amen. They began to see, praise the Lord, what used to be Ziklag, amen, and where they were going to come and celebrate with their family, but instead, it was a pile of tragedy. It was a, it was a heap of pain. Hallelujah for them as they came over and they saw their women were gone. Their sons and their daughters were made captive and they went beyond because I know the human mind. They went beyond, amen, the fact that their things were burning and their village was gone. Hallelujah. But they begin to think the Amalekites have taken them and they've run ahead of us, praise God, and they're headed to Egypt where they'll be sold. And if they get a price for their head, we'll never see them again. They're as good as gone. Hallelujah. Imagine what was going through a man as their bodies were exhausted from war. You know how it is to get your mind up, amen, and excited about something just to have the carpet yanked out from under you and the bottom drop out from under you something that you never in a million years expected. You never thought you were going to be the one to lose. You never thought you were going to be the one, amen, to suffer. You never thought pain was coming your way, hallelujah, but just as, as you least expected it, there it was. And so the Bible tells us that the men and David stood there and they wept, hallelujah, and they're exhausted. And the Bible says that they wept until literally they had no more tears in their eyes, amen. Has anybody ever cried and felt that kind of pain? Would you just give me a Sunday morning wave where you just ran out of tears, where you sat there staring at the floor, where there was silence and, and, and it was somber and it was sober and you didn't know what, what's the next turn where will I go next what's the next step hallelujah the tears are gone the emotions are wrecked hallelujah that's where they were that's where they stood battle worn dusty and dirty and now they're not only physically tired but emotionally and mentally they have just been wrecked and the Bible says that David stood there hallelujah in the middle of his men and he began to hear now another attack on his life. David began to hear them clamoring and talking and whispering about they're going to stone him. It's his fault. Why would, you why would you blame David? I wonder because I know the human mind, Brother Buford. I know how I would think. I would start looking at David like, why did you take all of us? Why didn't you leave somebody here to protect the women and the children? David, it's your fault. You're the leader. You're the one out in front. You let this happen. You caused it to happen. It's your fault. Your problem and we're going to take it out on you but the Bible says watch this in the middle of all of that in the middle of a physically exhausted body in the middle of a mental amen breakdown an emotional draining hallelujah a, a betrayal by his men hallelujah David the one that would have been the lowest of all that were standing there that day the Bible says that he encouraged himself in the Lord hallelujah that in that moment he did not allow God God to get outside
light of his situation. He didn't allow his mind to run and say, it's over, there's no help, there's no body, I'm all by myself. He began to say that there's a God that's still on my side. I've never seen a righteous forsaken, nor their seed begging bread. I've never seen, hallelujah, the child of God left alone, amen, to suffer and be destroyed. And the Bible says that he, amen, encouraged himself. That word encourage literally means this. He got strength from the Spirit of God. He began to reach down in that well. Can I tell you here today, you've heard me say it a thousand times. Can I preach just a few more minutes? You've heard me say it a thousand times that we ought to be that tree that's planted by the river. Hallelujah. That when the drought comes, the branch doesn't wither away. The leaves don't fall off and the fruit doesn't fall to the ground. Hallelujah. Instead, our root is tapped into the source of life that is that river that we're planted beside and that root that reaches deep down draws, hallelujah, sustaining power. It draws a sustenance in those hours of dry times, hallelujah. And guess what? The branch still grows. The leaf is is still green. The fruit is still produced. And watch this. There are those that are in danger that find rest and rescue, hallelujah, and protection in our branches. In those dry times, that if our life is centered around Christ, it's in those drought days, hallelujah. It's in those moments, not just in Christmas, amen, but it's in those seasons that every one of us experience when the day rolls around and we think this is the day I lost so-and-so or this, amen, is the time where I thought my job, I was going to get a promotion, but instead I got fired. This is the day that where my health was at its peak and I felt the strongest in my life, but then the verdict came back and the prognosis came back and the diagnosis came back this is the hour amen but David and but you and I hallelujah can encourage ourselves we can draw strength from the power and the presence of God can I get an amen they went on amen bear with me just a few minutes they went on amen to seek the presence of God can I tell you amen what David did there is the secret to success Can I get an amen? He said, I'm going to draw my strength from the Lord. I'm going to encourage myself. I'm going to strengthen myself in the Lord. And then I'm going to seek him. Come on, somebody. And then I'm going to seek him. You know how many times somebody's going through something and they will ask a hundred people to pray for them. And they have yet to get on their knees themselves. The best thing that you can do in the middle of your struggle and your trial and your battle. If you want to call pastor and ask him to pray for you, that's great. You want to call your mentor and tell them to pray for you, that's great. You want to nudge your wife and ask her to pray for you. Your your husband, ask them. Your mom, your dad, whatever. You want to do all that, that's great. You should get as many people on your prayer team as you can, amen. But you had better find yourself in your closet. You had better once in a while turn the TV off and shut the windows and turn the blinds and turn out the lights and let let your own tears run down your face begin to cry out to the Lord God should I pursue should I go after them should I keep struggling should I keep battling should I keep fighting let me tell you the answer is going to be yay a thousand times yay get up out of the dirt dust yourself off and pursue hallelujah there are promises in your life that you have been given they have been dashed to the ground but I'm here to tell you get up dust yourself off and pursue 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. David did just that. Somehow he rounded, rounded up those 600 men and he convinced them we're going to go after them. Hallelujah. That sounds well and good, amen, when, you know, in, in the very beginning, Brother Mark. You know, if that happened to us, I'd say, come on, Mark, let's go get them back. Let's go, let's go get them. Let's go after them, amen. But you've got to remember that these were a battle-worn and torn, amen, group of men, praise God, that now have not only got that physical tiredness, but they've been drained emotionally they've been zapped mentally they feel betrayed hallelujah so they come to a river and for some of them 200 of them it becomes just too much to go on they find themselves too exhausted to even fathom trying now to cross and swim and wade across any form of river and they stand there depressed and downtrodden and unable to make it amen hallelujah can I tell you that all along the way in this walk and this paddle amen in this life praise the Lord, we're going to have folks that are weak, we're going to have folks that are going to have those moments where they're down we're going to have folks that once in a while it's going to look like they have taken a knee and paused and said I can't go beyond here can I tell you, we've got to keep going on, we've got to keep battling we've got to keep fighting, we've got to keep pursuing, you know why? They need us hallelujah, they need us to keep going on in the fight, in the battle, hallelujah and so David did, he left those 200 there at the river Besor, amen, and they pursued after the women and the children and the Amalekites and amen they came across an Egyptian a slave amen that had been abandoned by that that uh, that Amalekite kidnapping band amen the ones that burned their village they found a, an Egyptian slave left there in the desert to die and he told them where he was let me just sum this up they got there to the camp where the Amalekites were and they saw them partying and celebrating amen they saw them with their women and their children bound and tied up, amen, and, 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 and captive, praise the Lord, and they saw that those Amalekites were celebrating and they were enjoying themselves, amen, can I tell you, by the strength of God, David and those 400 men, whatever he had left, amen, they took whatever they had left, whatever gas was still in the tank, and they flooded down in there, you know how they did it, it's because David encouraged himself in the Lord, <laughs> David had strengthened himself amen and that strengthening and that encouraging had spread throughout those other 400 men and these men that had just come out of a physical battle a mental struggle an emotional hallelujah tragedy are now going into the enemy's camp you know why because they encouraged themselves in the Lord you know why because they took the time to seek and find the will and purpose of God in their life so they knew that if we pursue we got a promise that we're going to get them back if we could just get through the wall, through the boundary, over the hurdle, through the enemy, if we come walking into their camp, hallelujah, there is no weapon that's formed against me that's going to prosper, hallelujah, in this life for the one to come, hallelujah, if I can just get through the walls and start swinging my sword, if I can just get in there and start fighting and battling, hallelujah, God is going to give me what he promised he would. We can stand on his word. We can count on his presence. Hallelujah. In every season of our life, we have to keep him in the center. Hallelujah. Not just Christmas. Every season of our life. Watch this. They win. They run everybody off except for some of the young Amalekites that were able to jump on camels and ride away. 
but they get everything back. But then they get the spoils of the Amalekites. So some would say, oh, well, in the end, you're going to end up with more than what you came with. Okay, well, you can hold on to that. That's fine. <laughs> I'm not sure that that's what it's telling us, but you can hang on to that. That's cool. Get some encouragement wherever you can. But then they begin to make their way back, Brother Mark. Is it all right if I just preach to you this morning? They begin to make their way back, and watch this. Here comes human nature again, Brother Buford. You know what, David? We made it across the river. We pursued. We kept pushing. I'm assuming they traveled. It says that they were three days ahead of them, so I'm assuming they traveled painstakingly day and night until they got to where the Amalekites were. So we're talking in six or seven days, they have spent all of that fighting and traveling and fighting. On their way back, the men come to David and they say, you know what, there's a couple hundred guys over there on the other side of the river. They didn't make the trip. They didn't fight the battle that we fought. They didn't get involved in the war that we were just in. They didn't struggle like we struggled. They didn't struggle as much or as long as we struggled. So what we're going to do is we're just going to give them their women and children back. They don't deserve any of this other stuff. They don't deserve the spoils. They don't deserve the benefits. They don't deserve all that. So what we're going to do is we're just going to split this among the 400, not the 600. We'll give them back what they deserve, but no more. We have got to get over that mentality. Where we fold our arms and we say folks are just going to get what they deserve. Can I just be real with you? When we see folks that can't make it across the river. And we go. It's kind of what I thought. We don't know. I'm, 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 I'm out of my notes now. I'm, I'm going to minister something to you. Be careful. Holding a standard on someone of whom's life you don't live. Whew, I felt that in the Holy Ghost. If you didn't live their childhood, their upbringing, you're not married to who they're married to. I didn't look at Brother Ron. You're not married to who they're married to. You don't have the job that they have. You don't have the mindsets that they've been raised with. You haven't set in the place where they have set. You haven't struggled where they have struggled. You don't have the injuries that they have. You don't have the, the scars that they wear on their body, on their soul, on their mind, on their emotion. You had better be careful saying somebody just got what they deserved. I get another amen? We have got to be careful saying that we are the ones that are pursuing so we deserve more. Oh, hallelujah. I lost you. We have got, and here's David. David checks them. 
And David says, no, 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 that's not how it's going to work. Because David knows that these were the 200 that were part of the 600 that were coming into town victorious from the previous battle that were maybe injured, too injured to be able to swim, too injured to be able to cross the river, too dehydrated to make it through the desert. They were spent. They were battle-worn. They were hurting. They were distraught. Hallelujah. Praise God. And David understood it. And David said, from this day forward, I'm setting a decree that any time we win a battle, when we get back home, we're going to share it with everybody. I'm here to tell you, if you are one of those that you have crossed the river, you have bear, you have, you bear the scars, you have been there and done that, you are pursuing, and you're still fighting, and the battle rages on, and you're coming back with God's blessings. Can I tell you, don't hoard those to yourself. Don't keep those to yourself. How do I, how am I getting to Christmas and Ziglag? It's the spirit of the year, of the season, amen, of giving, hallelujah. If your brother needs a coat, and you have two, give him one, hallelujah. Hallelujah. If your brother is down, but you're up, why don't you reach out to him? Hallelujah. If you see somebody hungry or thirsty, give him food. Give him to drink. Give him encouragement. Give him strength. You don't get extra cookies because you were willing to go on. We go on because we're supposed to go on. <laughs> if you have Christ alive in your life, you have something, amen, that is pushing and pulling. Can I tell you, sometimes God is behind me with his shoulder on my back saying, come on, Keith, keep pursuing, keep pushing, keep pressing. Paul said, I press toward the mark of the high calling of God that's in Christ Jesus. Can I tell you, sometimes it's a press. Sometimes it's a struggle. Sometimes it's a battle. But that does not earn me extra with God. When I have those benefits and those blessings, I've got to come back and share them with somebody that doesn't have them. I don't want folks to just settle or just be given what they deserve. If that were me, Brother Buford, if I just got what I deserve, hallelujah, God is not about, hallelujah, just giving you what you deserve. He said you're going to have life and life more abundantly. Let's stand to our feet. I want to encourage you, if you are that individual, I wonder if our prayer warriors right now could just begin to pray. I feel like somebody's heart and mind needs to be ministered to right now. Would you, would you just begin to whisper a prayer? I'll probably, I'll probably continue to talk, but would you just begin to whisper a prayer for somebody that needs some strength this morning, somebody that needs some encouragement? Would you do that? Lighthouse, would you do that? Begin to lift up your voice. Begin to pray for those brothers and sisters, those that are in the army with you, those that are shoulder to shoulder with you in the trenches of life. I wonder if you're that individual that, let's forget about Christmas. Maybe you can include Christmas, but let's not just say Christmas. I wonder if you're that person that there's a season in your life right now where you kind of expected victory and, and celebration. You thought you were going to come over the hill and be smiling and clapping and laughing and celebrating, but somehow 
Every time you come over the hill, something else deals you a blow. Something else strikes you, levels you where you stand. Is there somebody here today that you've cried all the tears you can cry? Is there somebody here today that is like Paul saying, I know I'm in a, a bad spot right now, but I'm going to think myself happy. Is there anybody here today that you would step out of your place? And, and here in just a minute, I'll, I'll probably call everyone down to the front, but I don't want you to wait for that. Is there anybody here today that I was talking about when I was talking about those 200 soldiers that came to the river and you're just exhausted? You haven't done anything wrong. I'm not talking about people that, are full, that their life is full of sin. That's not where I'm at right now. I'm talking about people that are just tapped out. Mentally out of gas. Emotionally drained. Physically bearing the weight of this world or maybe the weight of your families or the weight of your responsibilities. There's one. There's an honest one. Is there anybody else that has found themselves to say, I'm staring at this this river in front of me, this task, this hurdle in front of me, and I just don't know if I can get over it. You're not a rank sinner. You're, I'm not saying your life is full of tragedy, but maybe mentally, maybe emotionally, you're just saying, I need some encouragement. There's another honest one. I need the Lord to lift me this morning. That's it. Just let, just let tears fall down your face. I see others that are out there in the chairs and they're not moving, but tears are running down their face. You, you're, you're relating to this, amen. You're thinking about maybe a lost loved one, amen, that you're missing around this season. You're thinking about you wish you'd had a better job or more money, hallelujah. You wished that maybe your health was a little bit better. You thought 2017 was going to be a whole lot better and you've come over the hill. There's another and another. Here comes another. I'm going to wait because this is a specific ministry that God had for this this morning. Amen. I'm going to wait a few more minutes. There are those that thought, I thought by the end of this year, Brother Buford, my kids were going to be sitting next to me in church. And now they're not here and I'm struggling. And I want to know when and why and how and where God is it going to come from. Others' tears are rolling down their face. I remember when I was strong and I was healthy and now this year has just been been full of pain and sickness is there anybody else anybody else that would come and stay I'm standing on this side of the river if you've come this morning would you make your way close as close to the altar as you can because the other 600 are going to gather behind you amen and we're going to bring our blessings and we're going to bring our spoils amen because these are folks that haven't come that have said I've gone on, I'm pursuing, I'm fighting, I'm still victorious, I'm still battling. Just begin to make your way as close to the...